What happened to Australia and Australian citizens? What happened to freedom in the land down under? Where did the live free or die idea of Australian culture go? Was it all a facade? Honestly, today's Australians seem to have been neutered. It seems like just a few years ago, Americans and frankly, citizens from around the world loved everything Aussie. Collectively, the world looked up to Australians as the people we all kind of wanted to be. We all wanted to be tough, free, and fearless like Steve Irwin. The world sees Australian servers and waves at Bondi Beach and think, damn, Australians are living their best lives. We were all collectively wishing we were there with them. And have you seen the women that come out of Australia? Geez, Elle McPherson is damn near 60 years old and I still dream about her. Wrapping her Just Oh my god. Anyways, back to the topic. Ugh. From the outside, Australia just seems lost. It seems as lost as the United States and we all know where we are going. If you can't figure out where we're headed, refer to the name of the podcast you're listening to right now. On that note, Welcome to the Upcoming American Revolution Podcast, the most important podcast of our current lives and times. I'm your host, Kali, and this podcast we discuss the who, what, why, and how of America's next civil uprising. Please subscribe at Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or anywhere you listen to podcasts. Okay, I'd never talk badly about the Australian people. Hell, some of my best friends are Australian. But something has happened to them. They used to be like the Texans of the world. Somewhat arrogant, but in a great way. Perceived as being unique, kind of feisty, but not really wanting to fight until it was time to fight. Minding their own business in the corner while smirking at you and your idiotic take on life. But now in today's world, Australians appear lost. In the past, they served as the cultural rocks for the British, Canadian, New Zealanders, and even ourselves here in America. They didn't make rash decisions, but when they did make a decision, they went for it. All in. Look at what Australian soldiers have done in the wars they've been a part of. They are absolute beasts. And that was their entire culture. But where did that collective ethos go? Australians were hardy people who rose from their penal colony roots to survive in a land that's just about as inhospitable as any place on the planet. Australia has incredibly dangerous landscape. Hell, it has the outback. We all want to go there, but most of us know that if we were to finally get there, we'd probably die of some ridiculous reason like getting lost or running out of gas or something. We've all seen Mad Max, and apparently that's what we all expect in the outback, but with kangaroos. Australia has incredibly dangerous insects like giant centipedes and funnel-web spiders. It has crazy snakes like the inland taipan and the death adder. Now, I'm not one to judge, but it can't be good if it has death in its actual name. Australia has venomous frogs and reptiles like saltwater crocodiles. And besides great white sharks, they've got fish and other aquatic life that are insanely dangerous. Are, are sharks fish? I don't know. Anyways... They have blue-ringed octopus that you can't even see in the water, 
and stonefish, which are camouflage-like rocks, until you step on them and briefly realize that they are the most venomous fish on the planet. They've got bunches of dangerous jellyfish like Portuguese man-o'-war, and even dangerous birds like cassowaries. And the dingoes? Dingoes are kind of terrifying if you don't have a gun. And we all saw the movie, if you don't watch out, they'll eat your baby. Well, many of us have dreamed of visiting Australia for most of our lives. But unfortunately, there is a threat that people haven't been able to escape in Australia today. In spite of all the dangerous land, weather, and creatures, it's a threat so devastating that the Australian people have to cower in fear or risk being destroyed. What could it be that would terrify one of the world's toughest populations? An invading army? Definitely not. Monkeypox? Nope. Illegal immigration? Mm. Fentanyl-laced Vegemite sandwiches? A newly discovered Australian super koala? No. Murder hornets? A newly identified human-engineered virus? Mm. Well, kind of, but no. The real answer is that the most devastating threat to the Australian people today is the Australian government. Just like most modern governments did during the China-originated pandemic, the Australian government took every opportunity to seize more control over their populations, all under the guise of keeping them safe. The Australian government went full tyrant mode as they chased a zero-COVID policy, and they did all the same things the communist Chinese government did. They banned people from leaving the country, they banned people from entering the country, they banned people from traveling between states and territories within the country. They banned people from walking outside by themselves. They forced people to wear masks to be in public places. They banned groups of presumably free people from meeting in public. They prohibited protesting against the government. Although, I'll point out, they didn't ban some of the woke political movements such as Black Lives Matter. Yes, I know what you're thinking. They had Black Lives Matter protests, even though only like According to the gods of Google, about 400,000 Australians of more than 26 million have some sort of African ancestry. But the woke protesters, they got COVID passes, apparently. The government managed to arrest liberty activists such as Simeon Boykov, who you may know as the Aussie Cossack. And they also arrested reporters such as Avi Yemeni from Rebel News. And all they did was try to speak out and report on the obvious tyranny that was happening. Countries from around the world were doing lockdowns, but Australia's tyrannical government came in, took a lesson from Crocodile Dundee. Knife. That's a knife. But instead, the Australian government said, That's not a lockdown. This is a lockdown. Well, they raised the bar, and those lockdowns led to police arresting and beating people merely for being outside without proper authorization or the proper papers. Yes, like the Nazis would have done. Police actually beat people who were not violent. They pushed down old ladies for daring to disagree with the government. They arrested people for merely questioning the lockdown policies. COVID authoritarianism led to police trampling protesters with horses. It led to police pepper spraying people for doing nothing but daring to live their lives as free individuals. And it's all on video. The Australian government seized people and put them into quarantine camps, like they had Ebola. They also threw people who committed no crimes in jails. 
as though those people were eating humans or something. Nanny state government tyrants were trying to legislate and impose an impossible zero-COVID standard on an entire fucking island continent. It was crazy. The Australian police became tyrants in full view of the world, and with no shame. And it's not hyperbole to point out that groups of Australian police standing on corners mirrored historic photos taken in Austria and Germany during World War II. And it was not a good look. Now, unlike in the United States, the Australian government couldn't blame over-aggressive policing. They couldn't blame the inner-city gun violence. They couldn't blame drugs or gangs. They couldn't suggest long-stemmed racial issues were leading to riots because aboriginal populations aside, their police had little historic context of systematic racism. Unfortunately, Australian police seemed to beat people just because they could. And some of them appeared to really like it. But why would police do this? If you need it explained, just understand that even on a good day, Police are tools of governments. And on a bad day, police are the tools of tyrants. It completely depends on if the government is full of tyrants and the Australian government was as rife with little dictators as California is. It's important for you to understand that police are not really established to protect liberty and freedom. Police are established to protect government. And that's all police forces. No one in China thinks for a second Chinese police are there to protect a regular, average Chinese citizen. And although it may seem different in the United States, even the United States Supreme Court acknowledged and ruled that police have no duty to protect the average American citizen. They acknowledge this not one time, but twice. That's the cases of DeShaney v. Winnebago and the case of Castle Rock v. Gonzalez. Police can pick and choose to help you your dying wife, or your abducted child, but they don't have to. More importantly, law enforcement agencies, by their very nature, are tools of people who want to maintain control over populations. And just like all governments, the Australian government took the COVID opportunity to seize more control over Australian lives. They claimed it was for the people's best interest and for safety and national security, but everyone knows that is complete bullshit. It was to impose and normalize their power. Here's something to think about. If the Australian government told, say, the Victoria police to arrest a list of people and take them to a certain location on the outskirts of town, without a doubt and without knowing the reasons why, the Victoria police would have done so. In a pre-pandemic time, they may have taken a pause and then realized that they can't just do that. But during COVID, they would arrest the people and take them to that location, and then they'd claim that they were just following orders. That is a fact, and I don't think many would refute it. But why is this all so shocking? Because this attack on liberty happened in Australia, and Canada, and New Zealand, and the United Kingdom, and in parts of the United States as well. These are the Five Eyes countries. These countries all share a general lineage and culture. If you go back and listen to episode 12 of the upcoming American Revolution podcast, you'll get an amazing explanation of what it means to be in the intelligence-sharing block known as the Five Eyes. But the takeaway is that one or more of these Judeo-Christian, Anglo-based, English-speaking nations are losing their liberty. It should be no surprise to anyone 
that the others are right behind them losing their liberties as well. And as populations lose their liberty, they are left more susceptible to the largest threat of violence that humans have faced in the 20th century. And the largest threat of violence isn't a random virus that was likely man-altered, edited, originating in China. No, the largest threat of violence perpetuated against humans in the 20th century is democide. Democide is the murder of a person by their government. This includes through genocides, politicides, and mass murders. According to the Organization of Health Research Funding, or HRF, democide accounts for about 242 million deaths since 1901. Nothing else comes close. When a government begins to treat citizens of a country as faceless masses that it can order around as though they have no input as individuals, the next steps are always to order them to do things that they do not want to do. Of course, the majority of people will comply. Free people tend to refer to those who would comply as the sheep. As you can imagine, the sheep's opinion don't matter to government. No one listens to sheep. In fact, governments want all the citizens within what they claim is their territory to be sheep. Nothing would make a government happier than a mindless, non-thinking, do-as-you're-told, robot sheep population willing to do as directed. They tell them to get your shots, wear your masks, stay within four miles of your home, pay your taxes, obey your government, comply with police. But there's always a percentage of people that will never be sheep and therefore will always be uncontrollable. So governments have to try to remove them, by which I mean kill them. Democide. All democide begins when individuals' choices conflict with the impulses of tyrants. Germany, the Soviet Union, China, Korea, later even North Korea, Portugal, Vietnam, Cambodia, Laos, Japan, Turkey, Poland, Venezuela, Rwanda, Cuba, Mexico, Russia, Pakistan, Yugoslavia. You know what? The list is too long of governments who at some point committed democides. And if you don't think democide can happen in countries such as Australia, you'd be laughably wrong. No, I'm not going to pick on my Aussie friends on this point, because that's their historical context. However, I'll instead refer and remind you to the land that I love, the United States, where by definition, democide has occurred numerous times. In our Revolutionary War, in our Civil War, the massacre deaths of Indian tribes, even by some Democrat states during the Civil Rights Movement. Executions and jails are definitely democide, but we all agree with those, so I'm going to ignore those. But let's look at Waco, when the FBI, ATF, and DOJ had a hand in burning to death some innocent Americans they accused of, I don't know, something or another, based upon anonymous sources that affected no one else, and they have never been able to prove. But after the fire was extinguished and the smoke still lingered, the government first claimed the people started the fire inside. That didn't work. Later, they had to acknowledge it was an accidental fire started by their incendiary devices, which were shot from one of the armored vehicles they borrowed from the military. That was government that killed American citizens. That was democide, even though the U.S. government justified it, investigated, cleared itself of any wrongdoing, and declared it was legal and then it ceremoniously declared that the government was the hero. Do you see how this goes? Hmm. But back to Australia. 
To most Australians, COVID should have been seen as some sort of ridiculous joke, something a little more fierce than the average flu, but nothing to append the world. But government didn't care what Australians thought. Government wanted to fear COVID. I mean, I'm not saying they actually did fear it, but they wanted to fear it. What governments ultimately fear is an uprising from the citizens. And because of that, the one thing all hopeful tyrannical governments want to do is to get the guns away from the citizens of their country. And that's what Australia did in 1996. After a mass shooting in Port Arthur, Australia, the government, no surprise to anyone, used safety as the reason to ban firearms ownership from the Australian people. But because of the confiscation of guns in Australia, the government has managed to emasculate the very men that the rest of the world's men have tried to emulate. Without guns, the free men stood no chance against the tyrant government. It's just as American founding father Thomas Jefferson noted, and I keep on bringing it up, when the people fear the government, there is tyranny. And when the government fears the people, there is liberty. Well, the Australian government does not fear the Australian people. Unfortunately, the people who represent the force of government in Australia are the police. And Australian police, almost exactly like Chinese police, have sadly gone into full tyrant mode. Sure, all cultures have their thing. Russians are tough. Italians are the flirts. Germans are analytical. The French are romantic. Canadians are polite. Americans, as a culture, innovate. The Chinese, as a culture, re-innovate things that were innovated by others. But being weak is not an Australian thing. Maybe they're going through what many patriots around the world are going through with their countries, and that's the recognition that they are losing control of their governments. And perhaps the citizenry is beginning to recognize that one day they're going to have to fight their governments, and they recognize that when that happens, there is no going back. Well, Australia, how long will this recognition period last? Only time will tell. So those are my thoughts. Thank you for stopping by the American Revolution podcast. You can contact me at the upcomingamericanrevolution.com. Go to the bottom of the page and you'll see a message box. I'm always up for your questions or topics you'd like me to discuss. Subscribe now to the Upcoming American Revolution podcast wherever you listen to podcasts at. Thank you so much and we'll talk to you next time.